Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Silent phone. <laughs> was that the Pink Panther? It was. Tune <laughs> with the lyrics. Yeah, change. Phone. Nice. Yeah. Do you know a lot of podcasts these days? The, uh, the the young people, they don't start with a big hello oh. like we do. They just start recording, and then you'll hear them putting the headphones on and singing Pink Panther silent phone or whatever it is and that's just how they start so accidentally in fashion have we started is this the start or are we going to start this is it you know All right. they, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know have we started are we on is this us? Oh. Or do I just chop all this bit out and start mm. with a hello? Let's try and be fashionable and see if it leads to a huge upsurge in figures, <laughs> a huge monetary reward, and then see how it goes. Okay, okay. So so here we are. Um, I feel like I have got to a time in my life, as I hurtle towards 50, mm. where if my phone rings and it's a friend... I've not spoken to for some time. My thought is, oh God, someone's died or something terrible has happened. Same here. Yeah. Like that that's happened too many times now in the past couple of years for me not to think that. But something over the past couple of weeks has shifted that ever so slightly. And it's only temporary, mm. but I'm enjoying it. Mm. After having had that feeling when the phone's gone. And being wrong on a number of occasions, I can tell you at the moment, I'm getting a lot of calls from people I haven't spoken to in ages who want to talk about the Beatles having watched the Disney thing. Oh, it's so nice. That's amazing for you. Yeah. Are you loving it? Yeah, I'm really loving it. I'm really loving it. So, um, So that's fun. And then a friend of mine last week, having watched it, asked me if I would like to go and do daytime karaoke. What, just the Beatles songs? Yes. Oh! He'd loved it so much that he wanted to go to, on his lunch break, go to karaoke. That's a dream come sing, true for oh you. Oh, my God. I mean, it is. It's the one social engagement yes. that I'm always happy to do. Daytimes, so you don't have to like have your evenings exhausted, yes, yeah. yeah. And, and usually I have to sit through some music that I don't care for, so I get to sing songs that I like. 
this guy only wanted to sing Beatles songs and I got to do the harmonies. It was just great. Oh, sorry, you've already done it. Yeah, I did it today. I was about to question, is it even open during the day? And you have answered my question. I have been to karaoke twice since we last spoke. What time does it... What, during the day? No, it's day during the day. But because he asked me, mm. I thought, oh, I should probably do a warm-up. <laughs> so you went to an evening one? Oh, please don't tell me, just with your wife. Yeah. The two of you? Yeah. You went on a date? Yeah. Was it a two-person room? Do they exist? It was a four-person room, but we filled it, Annabelle. I bet you did. More than filled it. What was funny is she suggested going to a restaurant or a cinema. I said, would you consider? Leapt at the chance. Leapt at the chance. It's very weird for me because I haven't been out to a night spot since pre-pandemic. So I've been to restaurants, Mm. but I've not been to a night spot because I'm Mm. not a night spot kind of guy. So I was quite freaked out by the whole experience. I felt a little bit like an alien observer looking at human life for the first time. Right, yeah. Whereas she's out all the time doing her work in mm. bars and restaurant, uh, bars and comedy clubs and things. Um, anyway, the, re- the reason I bring up the karaoke is twofold. One is I'm slightly hoarse of voice. Mm-hmm. Not surprised. Oh, I was really going for it. What was your best song? I'll tell you what we did a really nice version of. Mm. The Two of Us from Let It Be, which features in the film quite a lot. Okay. So I get to sing harmony on it. Did a good uh, If I Needed Someone as well. There, there, were, there were many great moments. Mm-hmm. We didn't even get on to like Don't Let Me Down or Get Back. <laughs> wow. Anyway. Um, <laughs> and, and then the, the, um, the, uh, the other reason I mentioned it is when I went with Sarah the other night, I could tell straight away that there was something wrong with the speaker in the karaoke room. Oh, so when the music was playing, it just sound it, it sounded like the speaker had blown. You know when there's no bass and it's it's kind of tinny. Mm-hmm. So I went to the reception, said, "Hi, I think there's something wrong with the the music in our room." And she said, oh, "I'm so sorry. I'll come and listen." So she came in. She listened. She went, "Oh, it sounds fine to me." <laughs> so what do you do in that situation? I would say nothing because you can't insist that no. you're right and she's wrong. Yeah. And it clearly like an was. Yeah. And what I can't say is I've worked around music and speakers oh, my whole life. No, 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 and no. I know what a blow. So I can't say that no. because I'd sound awful. Yeah, you would. Yeah, yeah. And I can't even I can't even say, no, there's something wrong here without referencing that because then I seem like somebody who's gone to a karaoke night and is behaving like a musical artist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At Wembley or something. Yeah. It's too embarrassing. Yeah. I mean, you know, when you go and see an act and they're doing that thing with the fingers yes, like, they're pointing yes. to the sound guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd be like that. So it just made me think that if you wanted to open a terrible karaoke with broken speakers... Nobody would say anything. Yeah, because yeah. it's too awkward Mm-mm. to complain about. Mm. I just had to go, oh, yeah, you're probably right. And put up with the tinny karaoke. Um, what else was I going to mention here? Um, one nice thing. This is this is just me giving you a pre-Christmas gift to you and the drifters. I've started following a Twitter account that is just pure joy. Oh, yeah. What is it? It's called Raccoons Hourly. Okay. And every hour on the hour, they post a new picture of a raccoon. Oh, lovely. It's great. It's just joy. Like it's, it's just, it's, Social media is so awful so much of the time, and that is the kind of thing that is just making the world a better place. Every hour, a new picture of a raccoon or some raccoons. Wonderful. So I highly recommend that to you. I'll tell you about some years ago, Sarah and I went on holiday to this place. <laughs> Have I ever told this story on the podcast? We went on holiday to 
uh, this place where we've been quite often and we rented a house and the guy we rented the house from was he was just trouble he was a very alpha personality long emails popping around to check everything was okay but in a slightly passive aggressive way mm-hmm. and um and the there were a couple of days where raccoon kept coming into the back garden and and going into the swimming pool and i thought oh, this is this is sweet it's a raccoon in the swimming pool until on the third day we got up and it was floating dead in the swimming pool oh no and the amount like i got into this huge argument with him about removing a dead raccoon from the swimming pool he didn't see it as his responsibility Wow, I think I'd want the water clean. Yeah, well. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, um, so this all unfolded, and we came to like despise this guy, and mm. we'd, we'd never stay in that house again. One thing that he was very, very particular about was the the bins and putting the stuff on the right day, and if you've got too much rubbish, taking it to the tip and not leaving it in his bin. He was like absolutely obsessive about that. Now we have have been back to this particular destination a number of times, staying in different houses. Every year, without fail, on the last night of our holiday, we sneak to his house under the cover of darkness and put all our rubbish in his bin no, as an act of revenge. No, yeah, amazing. Like we park with you know turn the headlights off and, and park like 200, 200 meters down the road and then sneak into his garden with our rubbish every year. <laughs> <laughs> and he's probably getting fined off the council. And this is our little act of, of revenge. Wonderful. Um anyway, so that's uh, that's that's raccoons hourly. I hope it brings you as much joy as it has done for me in recent weeks. <laughs> Right, let's hear from these drifters then. First one's from Amy. Amy. My story is from 15 years ago, but I still pull a look of utter devastation every time it pops into my mind. When I was in my late teens, I lived in a student house with my partner at the time and a few friends. The house was a new build and we had constant snagging issues, which meant that the building company had to keep popping round and fixing this or changing that. However, as a tenant with students, the landlord never bothered to actually tell us when the builders would be round. As I was the only housemate who wasn't at uni and worked nights at a bar, it was always me who found myself at home, sleeping or in the middle of a bath or when I just started a meal when they decided to randomly drop by. So after the fifth time of this happening in the same week, when the doorbell rang at eight in the morning one day, I decided to stay in bed and not answer the door, hoping they would just go away. However, a few minutes later, the bell rang again. I still didn't move. Then a few minutes after that, I heard the familiar voice of one of the builders around the back of the house in the garden beneath my bedroom and heard him shouting through the door into the house. I thought to myself, there's no way they can know I'm in, surely. So again, I waited for any more sounds. I heard some scuffling, but then nothing. After all that, I couldn't get back to sleep. So I got up, figuring they had gone and went downstairs. As I passed through the hallway, the doorbell rang again. They were not given up. By now, I was actually getting anxious. I couldn't answer the door as it had been about 20 minutes and it would be obvious I'd just been ignoring them. I lingered, pressed up against the wall in the kitchen so they couldn't spot me from the kitchen window as they continued to hover outside. I waited, more time passed and nothing. I finally thought they'd gone, so I wandered back down the hall to go to the toilet. And lo and behold, the letterbox flew open. A big man hand appeared. 
In sheer panic, I threw myself against the wall behind the door. I'd have to have been as thin as a piece of paper to hide from anyone in that position. It was clear that the builder was now just staring at me in my pyjamas, pressed up against the hallway wall like some kind of ninja in waiting. He then said, do you want to let us in? Humiliated, I slowly opened the door. Nothing else was said. I still feel sick about it to this day. Oh, that's fantastic. This is from Shauna. As an elementary school counsellor, I've been wearing masks for a year and a half to work. My process is to grab a clean one every morning and hang it on the right side of my steering wheel on the windscreen wiper and indicator sticks. At the end of the day, when I get back in my car, I take off my mask and hang it to the left side of my steering wheel on the headlight stick. I keep going like this until I need to do the laundry and then I bring them all in at once. The problem comes when I have a week or so worth of masks on the left side and I start feeling really sad for the new one on the right side. It looks like it's lonely and has no friends and all the other masks are having a party on the left side. I do know that this is completely mental, but I just can't help it, especially since my masks have so much personality, as is evidenced in their patterns ranging from flamingos to crabs to unicorns to Wonder Woman. Sometimes I even move a dirty one back to the clean side so it has a friend. (laughs) Oh, that's lovely. I love anything like that. Yeah, me too. And this is lastly from Paul. He says, I just started a brand new job and I'm absolutely loving it. The only thing I really miss about my last job is having my own office. It was impossible to walk up behind me and startle me half to death. I'm in a cubicle now with my back turned to a walkway and at least once a day, someone will come up behind me, say my name and make me jump out of my skin. I swore like a sailor at my last job and I thought I'd turned over a new leaf and not swear at this job. Everyone around me swears like sailors and not swearing makes me stand out a little bit and not in a bad way. People have even started to watch their mouths around me. I quite like it. One day, my supervisor and another co-worker walked up behind me and said, Paul, which startled me more than normal. I jumped up and yelled the F word very loudly, which got quite a few laughs from the four or five other cubicle workers around me. They said, oh, sorry, we didn't mean to startle you so bad. To which I answered, oh, it's okay. I think I'm going to have to smoke some weed now. (laughs) Why did I blurt this out? I haven't smoked weed since 1993. I went from a small family-owned company where nobody would have given that remark a second thought to a rather large company who, even though they didn't drug test me, might not like to hear that. I could have simply said, oh, it's okay," and just stopped talking right there and then. (laughs) Thankfully, nobody's brought that incident up. So I think I'm free and in the clear. To top that off, to top the day off, I was sitting in my car in rush hour traffic. I had to pee very badly. My back teeth were floating. I thought I could make it home in time. I didn't make it home in time. I was only two streets away from the house when the muscles that prevent you from wetting yourself were contracted to the point of failure. Oh, it's a bad day. That is a bad day. Any day that ends with you wetting yourself <laughs> is a bad day. Or an excellent day. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, please send us yours. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Are we to have another way in which you are not a fully functioning adult? We are. And it is about, so for some reason, you know the time we went on Eggheads? 
Yes. That popped into my mind this week. And I realised I've never properly talked about all the various horrors of that experience, which is weird because it's kind of a major life event going on a TV quiz show. Yes. So for anyone who doesn't know eggheads, I'll just quickly explain what it is and how we came to be on it. So there are two teams competing, right? One team is the same every week. These are the eggheads. And they're made up of the best quizzing minds of the country. There are winners of Mastermind, Brain of Britain. There's the uh, Who Wants to Be Millionaire winner, Judith Kappel. And the opposition team is a team from the general public, often like a local pub quiz show team. Which begs the question, I'm not fully able to answer this. Why, why did we go on it? My memory of it was that they asked in a bit of very flattering way, like it was a special guest appearance. Because it wasn't a celebrity edition. But I don't think there were celebrity editions in those days. But they, do they have them now? I don't know. But I, that that was certainly how it was pitched to me. Right. So it was the members of our Virgin Radio Breakfast team. So it was you, Pete, me. And then I think I'm right in saying it was the newsreader, Andrew Bailey, and the sports reporter, Dominic Johnson. Am I right? I think so. I, I'm pretty yeah. sure that's what it was. Mm. So maybe I was flattered into doing it as well then. <laughs> sounds about right. I'm quite because it wasn't it wasn't we weren't a tip it was usually like a pub quiz team, wasn't it? Yes. It was a bit weird that we did it. So usually I think you would apply to go on that show if yes. you were somebody who was really into quizzes. Yes, yes. And and we definitely didn't apply to go on it. They definitely no. contacted us and say, Hey, would you guys be interested in coming on yes. the Yes. Maybe they were trying something out and then decided yeah, yeah, not yeah, to yeah, do yeah. it. So we were asked like to... doing a dry run before they asked real celebrities. Yes, yes, yes I think yeah, to see yeah, how badly yeah. they did it. Yeah, yeah. So I went along with it because I just hadn't really thought it through. I was probably flattered, like we were saying, and I didn't properly consider that I am very far from being an egghead. Although I did look at the Wikipedia definition of an egghead and it said they are people considered out of touch with ordinary people and lacking in realism, common sense, sexual interests, etc. on account <laughs> of their intellectual interests. And to be honest, apart from that last bit, that is me. <laughs> Unless you count intellectual interest as watching Selling Sunset, then it's all me. <laughs> but the truth is, I am not an egghead. I'm more of a raisin head. And if you can think of anything more smaller and shriveled and dried out, I'm a that head. <laughs> My general knowledge is terrible. My specific knowledge is also terrible. And this was about to be exposed on TV, the BBC at 6pm. And I wasn't all that fussed about it. Like, I'd have sleepless nights about it now. I'd be doing revision. So anyway, we all went along to the filming, which from memory was at some huge, empty, freezing warehouse. Do you I remember think it that? Was, it was like either Elstree or Pinewood. Which one did they do oh, Star Wars at? It was in it? the middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, okay. And they told me beforehand that I'd be having my makeup done. But when they showed me to the dressing room, the makeup lady was packing up and she was really annoyed. And she said that I should have been told that I was doing my own makeup. But she was persuaded by a producer to stay. And in what can only be revenge, she made me up to look like a drag queen. Spite, spite makeup. It was. It definitely was. I mean, you'd think that she put as little on my face as possible so she could leave. But I have never had so much makeup on my face in my life. And then we met the eggheads and they were very nice, although you definitely annoyed Judith Keppel by constantly referring to just as Keppel. <laughs> and they all took it very seriously. I know. It's funny thinking back. I used to have a lot more, I don't know if it's confidence or... Even then, like even then when I would have thought of myself as some kind of neurotic mess, no. that I'd be able to go on a TV show and think it was funny to just... <laughs> Like, constantly refer to this woman as Keppel. 
Oh, do you remember that lady, the older lady, Daphne? I, d- I don't remember anything about. I remember. Oh. I don't remember really. Rem- I don't have a, an actual memory of the day, other than knowing that certain things. Oh, happened. really? So yeah. my memory of this, the older lady Daphne, one of the eggheads, was that um, right before going on air, she was in the corridor and she had a, like many sheets of paper, and she was revising about heavy metal bands because that was her one week area. Like they took it so wow. seriously. So the way it worked was that all of us, I think, had to answer three questions on a topic and then an egghead did the same. And you had to beat the egghead on that topic to stay in for the final round, which was general knowledge. Mm. I was so terrible. My topic was books and arts, which I thought I'd be okay at as I'm fairly, I mean, I'm okay in terms of books. You're a reader. You are a big reader. But my brain had neglected to process the and arts element of the topic. (laughs) You'd be hard pushed to find a human over five that knows less about art than I do. (laughs) I'm totally disinterested in art on account of how when I look at art, I feel nothing. The fact that a picture can elicit emotions in someone and also conversation is amazing to me. The first question, though, was easy enough because it was about a Wordsworth poem, a very famous one. I think this was a question. It was, I wandered lonely as a what? A breeze, a bird or a cloud? Now, I know instantaneously that this is a cloud. I wandered lonely as a cloud. It's one of the most famous lines of poetry ever written. It'd be like asking me to complete this. Ooh, I wish you looked after me. What? (laughs) Teeth, right? But beforehand, a producer has said to us, when answering the questions, it makes it much more interesting if you talk through your thought processes rather than just sit there in silence. (laughs) Because I wanted to please them, I took this to the next level and invented thought processes I wasn't even having. (laughs) So instead of saying straight away, it's cloud, the answer's cloud, I sat there going, well... I'm fairly certain it's not breeze. I I wandered lonely as a breeze. No, that doesn't sound right. A bird? It could be bird. I wandered lonely as a cloud? That sounds like it might be right. Um, (laughs) Bird? No... I think I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna go I think I'm gonna go for cloud. It's cloud. What a total idiot. And it turns out that I missed out on my one chance to look vaguely intelligent because the next question was a very easy Harry Potter one, which could be answered by about ninety nine point nine percent of the population, but not me, because I've never read Harry Potter out of loyalty to Jill Murphy's The Worst Witch about Mildred Hubble, a girl who goes to witch school. So I got that wrong. And then the last question was about art. And I know nothing about art. So I got that wrong. It was a total humiliation. The only good thing was that, Jeff, you were amazing. And by the end, it was just you against the eggheads. And you got question after question right, about 20 of them, until finally you didn't and the eggheads won. But even that was ruined. As when the show went out, they edited that part dramatically for time reasons. And you only got about two right. Yeah. Why couldn't they have edited out my drag queen face going, well, it might be breeze or it could be bird. I wondered lonely as a bird. Worst of all, it's still sometimes shown on Challenge TV. It's, Is it really? Oh, it's never going to go away. I think I also need sometime soon to talk about the time I went on Friendly TV, but I'll save that for another time. <laughs> 
Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. We went to a posh area of London the other day, the area with Harrods Department Store in it. Oh, yes. Which, um... I tell you, it's not, it's not somewhere I'm usually hanging out, but it was very Christmassy. We went there for a reason. I'll I'll, I'll come on to, but um, while we were there, because uh, we then went on to the science museum, which is nearby, Gene got some stuff on his face, and we didn't have any wipes with us. So Sarah said, "Will you go into a pharmacy and get wipes?" And in my mind, I'm thinking, "Do it yourself." You <laughs> but but I went in, and. Uh, for some reason, I felt strange about just paying one packet. So I bought two. That's so weird. <laughs> well, you thought that you're disrespecting them, not no, paying. I don't know. Maybe it was something to do time. with a card minimum. Uh, I'm always paying with a card. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. How much do you think two packets of wet wipes cost? Well, I know it should cost no more. Well, the ones I get are £1.50, but two packets of expensive wipes, the most it's going to cost you is £4. No way more than that. Some at the turn say, okay, that's nine ninety nine. Oh! I made a gold. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't understand how it was nine ninety nine if it's two of something. That when I look back on it, because wow. nine isn't divisible by two. That can you, can you tell us anything more about these wipes? Was there anything special about no, them? They are wipes that I have bought from a shop uh, near our house because, but, called yeah. Savers before now for I think like a pound a packet or <gasps> like one fifty a packet. No, but I was so. Firstly, I was just shocked by it, but then secondly, uh, it's it's so antithetical to me to to make any kind of a fuss that I just paid for it. Oh, they're ripping you off! Yeah, how I, and I'm, I'm my mind is still like how are people how are people paying that? That's extraordinary. It's unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah. So I just wonder if they don't put prices on anything and they take a look at you when you come in and think, well, how much this schmuckle, I wonder how much we can... Well, that must have happened because how have they got to £9.99 yeah. otherwise? It wasn't, you're right, it's not even the half, like two halves. And if you think that was bad, because oh, no. I came out looking like I'd seen a ghost. Yeah. And then having to tell Sarah, oh, no. who would have just been the person who said, I'm sorry, the how much? <laughs> I'll put them and back. I'll put them back then. I'll use spit on Which my is sleeve. like what a normal person would, <laughs> would do. Yeah. Well, that was terrifying as well, plucking up the courage to tell her. Did you manage to do it? I did. And? Did she go back in the... She didn't go back in the... No, I oh, waited thank- until we were far <laughs> enough away for that not to be uh, realistic. Mm. The reason we were in that neighbourhood is... Do you remember we were talking on the podcast a while ago about our son becoming fixated uh, with the idea of going to a restaurant called Crazy Pizza? Yes. So if people weren't listening when I was talking about this the last time, my son's obsessed with all things Italian and I had seen on social media a restaurant called Crazy Pizza and I showed it to him because their social media feed is full of what a fun place it is. So it's the chefs in the kitchen spinning the dough around on their fingers. It's the staff singing and clapping, people getting on tables. And he just like loved the look of this. And he'd be going, can we go to Crazy Pizza? Can we go to Crazy Pizza? And I thought, oh, God, what if it's not crazy? Like, what mm. if? So I emailed them to to see when the craziness typically happens. And you may remember they sent an email back saying, Unfortunately, there's no specific time 
Uh, it happens daily at unexpected times. Therefore, unfortunately, I won't be able to advise you when exactly it will happen. Mm-hmm. So then I, I kind of went off the idea of going there mm. because I thought it'd be too traumatic for him to go and there'd be no craziness. Anyway, I thought, what if I just book this place for Saturday lunchtime? It's the run up to Christmas. It's in this place where there's loads of shoppers. If it's going to be crazy anytime, this is this is when it's going to be crazy. Mm. But I won't tell him it's crazy pizza. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which my wife completely ruins. She sees it in the shared calendar and says, Gene, we're going to Crazy Pizza on Saturday. Oh, so you've got the build up now. So we went Mm. and it was really bustling, like lots of people in there. Yeah. Atmosphere? Yeah. I would say funereal is the word. Oh, how can you call yourself Crazy Pizza? Well, that's part of what's crazy about them. (laughs) Call themselves Crazy Pizza. Oh. Um, Yeah, it it was as if... The staff had just found out they wouldn't be getting a Christmas bonus this year, like seconds before we walked through the door. No. Yeah, no craziness ensued whatsoever at all. I guess funereal pizza isn't the isn't as catchy a name, but um, the the craziest thing about crazy pizza mm. is on the wall there was a photograph. Are you familiar with the actor Vince Vaughn? Oh yeah, yeah. There's a photograph of the actor Vince Vaughn eating a pizza. Right. But he wasn't eating a pizza in Crazy Pizza. <laughs> it wasn't like he'd been in there and then they they put the, you know, they got a kind of wall of fame. It was a picture of him, I think, in some film or TV show in which he eats a pizza that they'd screen grabbed and had printed out and framed and put on their wall. Look, a celebrity eats pizza, not our pizza, but pizza, <laughs> the, the, the food we sell. That's so weird. Oh, it's it reminded me of... Um, Pete, who used to, we mentioned before, who I used to be in this double act with, um, bless him. He, when we moved to London, his local Indian restaurant had a photograph of Lady Diana in the window, and it was Diana outside this restaurant. But she wasn't about to go into the restaurant nor was she a patron of the restaurant she was being pursued by paparazzi so it's a photograph of her kind of running with her keys in her hand away from photographers but But because their restaurant had been caught in the background of this picture it was then the selling point for it don't deny you would have done it (laughs) oh yeah yeah absolutely absolutely i am oh god it's all stories about dead people but i used to um yeah, maybe maybe people know when I started out, I used to work with Carolina Hearn. And Caroline had this brother, Patrick, who was wonderful, who who also sort of has died in the last few years. And Caroline was this Yeah, she was she was obviously brilliant as people will know, like one of the great comedy figures of our our time. And but she had a really complicated relationship with the kind of show business fame aspect of it. I think it's fairly well documented that, you know, she had her struggles. And what she was, was this really talented person who was amazing at this thing. But she kind of struggled with everything else peripheral to it. And then she had this brother, Patrick, who was a mobile DJ, uh, who specialised in karaoke. And all he wanted for, like, all he wanted was the the show business razzle-dazzle side of it. 
And if Caroline ever got invited to some do, he'd be like trying to persuade her to go so that he could go with him. If he ever met um, like an old school show business figure through Caroline, it'd be so exciting for him. He he loved that sort of slightly passe now world of show business more than anything, the sort of gold lame jacket side of it. And um, he he somewhat briefly opened a restaurant in Altrincham called Jazzbo's which he got Caroline to come down to the opening night of. And he sat her in the window. Oh! <laughs> because, you know, these these places you hear about, like Nobu or the Ivy, it's all about if you're a famous person, you go there, you can be treated discreetly. <laughs> and that's why the famous people go there. Uh, yeah. Whereas... Patrick, I think like so many of us, you think, oh, God, if, if, if a famous person's here, then I want as many people to see it as possible. Absolutely. Like, I always think if I ran a restaurant like the Ivy, I'd say to famous people, look, you can eat free, <laughs> but at 10 o'clock every night we, we ring a bell mm-hmm. and then you have to do like a parade. Like you'd have to do like a slow parade, yes. a slow walk around the restaurant. For everyone else. Like we hit a gong. Yes. Everyone to gawp at you. So I've been in those places. Like everyone's trying to look at them. Mm. Like everyone's straining their neck trying to see them, and they're usually sat like away from the, you know, away from glare. Why well, I think just embrace it. Yes, a little parade. Mm. Get some marching band music. Love on. that idea. Be yeah, good, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. If you're a famous person, you'd be interested in eating at my restaurant for free in return mm. for parading around. And can you call your restaurant Jazzbos? Because it might be the greatest. Jazzbos. I, I love that name. <laughs> He's brilliant. Oh, he was so great, Patrick. He's, I've told you this before, but I don't know if I've told like people on the podcast. He was like one of his big aims in life was to have a novelty hit single. <laughs> so he tried at some point to be a musician, and he had a decent singing voice, and he played piano, and he wrote these songs. But it just, you know, it wasn't ever going to get him a record deal. So he was forever trying to have novelty Christmas hits. World Cup football songs, you know, summer holiday kind of when people go abroad and the songs they play in the discos with actions to them. Every year, many times a year, I'd get these CDs from Patrick with his latest attempt at a novelty hit on them. Great. And then when Caroline, yeah, when the royal family became such a big thing, he'd like roping cast members. I think he didn't try to have a novelty hit with Jim Royal, what's his name, Ricky Tomlinson. Oh, yeah. With the one called Christmas My Ass. Oh. <laughs> And then it was like World Cup, my arse. Did he ever have a hit? No. Oh. I do think Christmas, my arse sometimes gets shown on the music channels, at, like the video to it at Christmas time. But uh, yeah. How did I even get onto that? Uh, restaurants. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Just put in the window, restaurant, I don't know. Anyway, um, I'm struggling to find my way out of this story. Like I've gone off on so many strange tangents Mm-mm. that I'm struggling to find my way out of this bit. Right, well. But... Um, any any advice? Yeah, my advice is stop now. Okay, Quandary Corner at the Glap Clinic here in Problematic. First one from Marie. Please help. I'm writing this from the tube where I've got myself stuck in a terrible situation. It's 7am and I hopped on a fairly busy train at a busy station a few minutes ago. As I boarded, I could see that most of the seats were occupied, except one or two much further down on one side of the carriage and the two fold-down seats on the other side, right next to the doors I was getting on at. 
A quick scan told me there was no one nearby who was elderly, visibly pregnant or disabled or generally more deserving looking of a seat than myself. I'm an able-bodied 32-year-old female. There were quite a few people boarding the train right behind me, however, so assuming most of them would like to sit down, I instinctively folded down the seat that was directly adjacent to the passenger on the end of the row of static seats, leaving the one next to it, closest to the door, conveniently vacant for another passenger behind to easily sit down. But no one did. Don't ask me why. Perhaps there weren't as many people behind me as I imagined. Or maybe they were just going one stop and didn't want to sit down. Maybe they preferred to go to the static seats further down the aisle. Whatever the case, the seat remained empty, meaning that I had the opportunity to do the right thing and leave a gap between myself and the next passenger. But I chose not to. I chose to be that weird, creepy person that sits down directly next to you in public transport when there are other seats available. But now what can I do? If I move over to leave a gap at this point, the passenger I sat next to might feel offended and worry they stink. What I've settled for is leaving my bum in the seat right next to the other passenger while resting my elbow on the top of the empty seat so that my head and shoulders are leaning as far away from this poor guy as possible. I also didn't want him reading this message over my shoulder, so I've angled my phone away from him, resulting in a position that I'm sure looks as weird as it feels uncomfortable. Update. After 10 excruciating minutes, I've now reached my destination. The seat remained empty for the whole journey and all I could do was hang my head in shame as I detrained. What should I have done? Reset. You should have got off at the next stop and then got back on the next train. Would you actually honestly do that? I have done that kind of thing with with trains before now. But um, like I'll tell you what I've done before now is I've stood up thinking it's my stop Mm. and then realised it's not my stop and then got off rather than had the embarrassment of of like sitting back down again or standing near the door looking like an amateur who gets up a stop early. What what about, Mm. suggestion, Mm. getting up like you think it's your stop, then maybe faking getting a message on your phone and going oh no it's more it wants to meet me the stop after okay sitting back down again but this time choosing the correct seat that's quite good i mean it asks a lot mm. acting wise mm-hmm. and I you're getting think... into jeremy strong territory <laughs> I, I think everyone can do it i believe in everyone Mm. Mm. I, I really feel for you. I understand. Exactly oh, that the, feeling! Yes. And I know exactly that position. I've seen it so many times of someone doing the head and the shoulders yeah. like, as far away as possible. Yeah. I see it all the time. That's why, isn't it? Because you don't yeah. want to look like you're weird. But there was so much consideration, like going into it. But yeah, you don't. You don't want to move because you, you don't want them to get paranoid or offend them. But you do want to move because you know that you're being weird. So difficult. Yes. I'm trying to think of is there is there a way of moving? Is there a way of moving that looks justified that couldn't be taken as some kind of slight? Because I always do. If somebody moves, I always think oh, that, that person thinks yeah. I'm creepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I I always stay actually because I don't want them to think they smell. Mm. Oh, even when they do, I don't. Know. I never like I don't. I never consider that as a smell. It's that I think I'm creepy. Oh, uh, really? I think people think I'm creepy. Oh, that's sad. You've told me I look creepy before. No, now. only when you do that smile. But that's my smile. Oh yeah, <laughs> that smile. No, there's a certain, there's a certain one you do, like a fake one that looks a bit weird. Your real smile isn't creepy. Sarah says it is. Oh, that's kind. <laughs> it's not. 
Um, is there any way of doing it? I mean, if we knew this, we'd, we'd be a million pounds yeah, richer. Yeah, this is would, it's yeah, the yeah. big, if it's the big, that would be a million. It's the big yeah, conundrum. Okay, okay. Well, maybe that's one of these ones that if somebody listening to it has, yes. has the answer. Then they can come back yeah. to it. Okay, let's go on to the next one then. From Anon. My daughter is a swimmer. Five days a week, including three very early mornings. Therefore, there is a bit of community of parents who all suffer basically living on a different time zone. Before COVID, we were allowed to sit in the seating at the pool or work at some of the tables, which is what I did. And we would briefly chat while waiting for our children to get changed. Once they returned from COVID, though, the parents weren't allowed into the pool at all. And so the town began to have the issue of middle-aged parents hanging around in the open-air car park opposite and a few of us would gather for a chat. One dad always parked in the same place and stayed there for the full two to three hours of the session, sitting with his feet out of the car window on a warm day. And so the first of the other parents would arrive and gather by his car and start to chat. All fine so far, although I'm sure Jeff would hate the thought of all that chatting. Yes, of course, yeah. yeah. One day I was returning from my walk around town, about 10 minutes or so before the end of the session, and no one was gathered outside, although I could see his feet sticking out the driver's window on the far side. And so I began to head in his direction to talk a bit of football or whatever. However, it was then that I noticed that another parent was parked in her car next to him and they were chatting through their open car windows. I froze. I speak to them both fine, but clearly if I went to join in, I would at best be like someone in a tennis crowd and at worst be basically right in the middle of their conversation. The dad had seen me and waved. I waved back, but chose to just retreat back to the car park entrance where the swimmers would come through as it just felt too awkward. Did I do the right thing? What do you think? I think... Anything that means you're getting away from this person that sits with their feet out the car window <laughs> is a good thing. You did the right thing. Who sits like that in their car? It's really out of the weird, window yeah. and chatting to someone at the same time. It's I can imagine if he was really tired, like say say they're getting there at five in the morning. Yeah, like lean back. A bit weird putting your feet out the window, but maybe he's really tall. Lean back, relax. But carrying on conversation in such a recline. It's it a looks li- like it's he's a, a Roman emperor. It or is like that. It is. It's so loose. I mean, this isn't anything what a non wanted us to say, but no. I really am feeling, yeah, that you anything that involves not talking to him, yeah, the Lord, the better. <laughs> do you have anything to add? I don't know if I do. <laughs> no, I think we just think you shouldn't be talking to him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's that then. Maybe not our finest uh, quandary corner this yeah. week in terms of the advice we've given. But I yeah. think we, uh, we, we're we both very firm and resolute in our opinions, at least. If you've got a quandary that we can easily solve, please do send it in. And that was our podcast. Thank you to you for listening. We'd love your quandary, which we will try our best to do a slightly better job than we did this week in terms of actually answering the uh, the, the quandaries. Uh, we'd also love your story of social ineptitude. The email address is hello at adriftpodcast.com. Thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music. Carla Gowlett took our photos. Kim Rainey made our artwork. And I will finish this week by reminding you, if you are on social media, if you're on Twitter, follow Raccoons Hourly because a dose of raccoons on the hour 
every hour is exactly what you don't know that you needed. It's podication time, and um, Annabelle's going to read it for, I think, reasons that will become apparent. But I'll, I'll just say that we, we had um, a few email messages on this, and it's greatly appreciated. So, Annabelle, it's over to you. It's from Imperial Mistress Rebecca, who writes, Hello, Annabelle and Jeff. I would like to propose a podication for Laika. I never met her, but for so many years I've heard about her. And when Jeff mentioned that Lyca had moved to the big fluffy dog bed in the sky, <laughs> my heart skipped. I hope all of Lyca's loved ones are okay. It's so hard losing a pet, their family. Mm. Send in a big, heartfelt high five to Jeff. Peace and love, Imperial Mistress Rebecca, on behalf of all of the drifters who send Jeff a high five at this time too. Aww. That's lovely. So nice that... She sent that in for lovely, lovely, lovely Lyca. Yeah, she was such a good dog. She was very good girl. Very yeah. good girl. And uh, I think loads, I was sent to Annabelle last week, I think like loads of people got dogs after meeting Lyca. Like her all mm. thought, oh, I should get a dog, which yeah, is nice. Yeah. So in a way, kind of there's all these people with dogs in their life because, you know, they met Lyca. She was a special girl. Bless her. Funny dog. Really loved a carbohydrate. Didn't she? Oh, like, yeah, I mean, she had to stop yeah. for health reasons yeah. towards the end of her life. But, um, you know, I've never known. Like, she was a dog that you could, you could put down <laughs> meat and you could put down bread and, and she would go to the bread every time. Yeah, she yeah. She just loved Pizza, it. hot, oh my hot God. cross bun. Oh, all this stuff. <laughs> remember one time uh. taking her for a walk and as we were coming back, she got like a head at a weird angle. <laughs> Strange. And then... When we get in the house, I unclip her lead and she bolts into the kitchen. I think this is weird. And and basically what had happened is she found almost an entire pizza <laughs> in the gutter. And she wasn't, she was a miniature schnauzer. And she would somehow figured out how to angle her head in a way that I wasn't able to see this pizza. And then she brought it in and, uh, and, and you know. Ate it in secret, yeah, a bit yeah. like me and my chocolate. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed you've had a bit of um, uh, you, you've had a bit of support from fellow. Yes, I have, which was very appreciated. I am not alone. Yes, it's good to know. Isn't yeah. It? Anyway, thank you for lovely messages about Lyca. I let Annabelle read that because, uh, as you know, at the best of times, I'm easily in in floods of tears, and that would have mm. set me off. So, thank you. And if you would like a podcast, our email address is hello at adriftpodcast dot com. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.